we're not good at getting resources or our own personal development as HR professionals. We're always mm. looking out for everybody else. Yeah. And I felt that there was, it had to be somebody that would say, hey, since you're so full and since you're so busy, since that's the first thing you're going to tell me, what if I put the resources in your lap instead of telling you to come find them? Hello, HR. We have a treat for you today. I talk to a lot of interesting people who do a lot of interesting things, but we're now going to talk to a, a true HR legend. What are the nice guys? What are the really good guys? Steve Brown, uh, Chief People Officer of La Rosa's Pizzeria, also publisher, writer, editor, songwriter extraordinaire for the HR Net. Steve and I are going to talk about the power of being connected, uh, the power of being a nice guy in a, an industry that is not always like that, and... Uh, maybe one or two of his books. The guy's a prolific author, influencer, and connector. Hope you enjoy this. Let's get to know Steve Brown. You want to play hardball? I'm All right. So, Steve-O, how long have we known each other? I was trying to figure this out. Because I remember talking to you back when I was at Pritchett even, which was, golly, that's gotta, it's got to be about 10 years. Oh, at least. At least? At least, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would think so. It, that whole time you've been at La Rosa's too. I have. It'll be 15 years this year. Now chief people officer. And you've been, how's business? How did you guys come through the pandemic? Overall, really well. Uh, we did some big adapting uh, because uh, we added curbside pickup. We're kind of built for people getting food, but how people got food, we had to change and adapt. And then uh, the biggest thing was, trying to help people through it personally as our team members, which was our first priority. Yeah. And then uh, keep them safe. But what's interesting is food places generally are safe. (laughs) So when they say clean, we already clean. When they say, you know, make sure that things aren't touching things, we already do that. Right. Uh, And we've been very fortunate. Uh, We've not had anything really serious uh, throughout the entire time. And our team members have been working every day. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Um, now, I, I do remember the, the context of some of our conversations way back when, and I think we were, at the time, either talking about a blog, doing a blog, or doing a book. And one of us uh, did something about that. One of us didn't. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of us kept writing a little garbage blog for all these years because his thought, you know, I can't hold my attention that long. But you've had two books published now, right? Is it two? I have. I've had two books. So your first was HR on Purpose. Mm-hmm. And HR Rising came out how long ago? was your second book? Uh, 2020. Nothing like a pandemic to have it come out. Wow. So uh, I, I know that you have, you even state this in like your LinkedIn profile, that you take a much different approach to HR. And uh, at the time you said more than, or probably more so than any other that you've seen so far. Is that part of what you're trying to get at in your, your books or are the books more how to's to be in the HR world? The books are more stories and experiences that people I hope can learn from and apply in their own way. I'm not a very prescriptive person. I don't like to say, here's a four step model. Here's a seven step model. There's too many variables for that kind of thing to happen, but I don't know that, Our peers hear from practitioners. I think they hear from great people, and there's a lot of great authors out there, really solid books. But most of them are more from 
you know, their perspective and it's a more tight approach. This is more stories. And then two sides. The first book was about owning what we do instead of apologizing for what we do because doggone that gets tiring. Mm. And the second one is to lead from where you are, which again, not a new concept, but HR people tend to follow instead of lead. And I think we can make a much bigger impact by leading. Well, the timing of your book then, I mean, coming out in 2020, you think about what we just were dealt. That was the HR litmus test. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, that was, you know, I, I call it our leadership Our leadership moment was that first. And it sounds like you guys managed through it just fine. And you're not going to have to, you know, a lot of companies, myself, uh, my company included, we're dealing with the now bringing people back. And mm-hmm. you have to be really careful with that. Otherwise, you just exhausted all the goodwill you built on the front end because, you know, they're, there's still some concern out there and we're, we're seeing some spikes again and those types of things. So what can, you know, this ties directly into HR leadership. Now that we're at this point where a lot of people are having to consider hybrid work environments coming back to a live environment, how does HR take the, take hold of that and lead, lead through that process? I think there's a couple ways. First, you need to be in front of senior management if you're not part of senior management. Hmm. And you need to be the voice that goes to them and says, hi, I'm in charge of people, regardless of your title, because you are the shepherd of the organization. And you should be able to say, these are the people things we're going to do in order to provide safety, consistency, and follow-up. The second thing is, Treat people individually versus collectively. So uh, somebody asked me, John, during the thing, so what's your work from home policy? And I said, first of all, it's not a policy because you can't get fired from working for home. Right. It's just we, we have just bad semantics at all over HR. Uh, I said, our approach is this, wherever you are, work. <laughs> and that was it. And people were like, well, what do you mean? And where's the measurables and stuff? Trust your people. Trust that they're going to do well. This is no different. A friend of mine said that uh, she was talking to an HR tech provider, possible HR tech provider. And he said, I'm the CEO. And if people are on their cameras at eight o'clock and they're not on there till five o'clock and they never get off the camera, you know, I know they're not working and rah, 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 rah. And she came back with this. What did you do before the pandemic? How did you know if they were working or not? So you don't really care if they're working. You're caring if you can can control them. So it's a chance for us to continue to lead. We need to say, hey, how can people perform wherever they are and, and give them the equipment, the expectation, the things they need to come back with, the work product, and then let them do their job. It, now, most companies won't do it. That's the problem. They'll say, well, gosh, if I let John and accounting stay at home and Steve from accounting doesn't want to, what do I do? I'm like, let, let John stay home. And Steve, if he's comfortable, let him come back. That, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I get that, that question a lot too, or that, that initial pushback when we're suggesting things, people say, well, if we do that, we got to do it for everybody. I'm like, who, who told you that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, why do they need senior level HR people? If uh, all you had to do is read a, you can or can't do this. I mean, (laughs) 
I'll tell you why you need senior level HR people so they can decide to start a podcast or something and start talking to their friends, putting it on the air. Now, you know what? If you're listening today, you have some interest and I appreciate it. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Give me a review. Say that you like it. Write something nice. Or if you hate somebody, send it to them and recommend it for them. That's always a good way to annoy people. Let's get back to the nice guy, though, Steve Brown here on HR Hotball. I mean, seriously. So now I'm glad you brought that up as an example, because I think we really do have to be, you said, treat people individually. If there's 10 different situations we're going to face this week, school's back and you have people who are going to have to balance what they're doing with their kids, with their work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I mean, and we're dealing with all of it. Um, So this is, this is the spot though. This is where HR needs to either step up or shut up. I, I think that, we, if you're not at the business level, and you said no matter what level, I, I think that's an interesting point too. I think people will handicap themselves because they think they're not, they're they don't have the title for somebody to listen to them. You sound like you've probably seen that, or you've experienced that, or you've heard other people do that. I've seen it and experienced it. Here's what's interesting: uh, I've always taken the approach that if there are people in a department, then there there's HR in the department. It doesn't matter if I'm a director, a manager, a CHRO, a VP. If I have to lead with my title, it just shows you how disconnected you are in your organization. And that's true in any department. So if, I, if somebody comes heavy with, hey, I'm the BAM, here's the title, I'm just, I just laugh. I'm like, fun. This, let's go. <laughs> uh, you know, Instead of saying, uh, here's what I need to do. I understand you have a people situation. I work with people. Let's go. You don't have to lead like having the cavalry. You can lead by interacting and bringing people together. We keep trying to think of leadership, especially from an HR perspective, in initiatives, programs, launch, all these big initiatives, you know, big mm-hmm. forward movement things. Instead of saying, I'm going to make sure to check on Susie to make sure she's doing well. And is she able to do her job? And if she's not, can I get her to Mike? Because Mike is who she works for. And go, Mike, Susie's not making it. You don't need a title to do that. You just don't. Why do people, you think it's just they're limiting themselves? I do. And plus, I think, (laughs) I think I heard Jennifer McClure speak yesterday at a chapter meeting here in Cincinnati. And she said the greatest thing. If you keep apologizing that leaders won't let you do what you're supposed to do, then get out of the role. Hmm. And I went, man, that is powerful. The reason she said it, though, was you can do it within your role. It wasn't to bash HR. It was saying, if we're constantly apologizing as professionals, you just that's how, that's how we're positioned. So forget your title. If it's, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to talk to you about this. If that's how you start your conversation, right? You're you're already gonna lose. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of HR people have an imposter syndrome thing going on. You know, when they get around the real business people, I think they, I don't know, maybe they turn to a subservient role where they feel like, well, they're going to run the business. I'll just listen for red flags. I mean, you gotta you gotta really be in there. You have to mm-hmm. be able to throw your voice around, and at the risk of saying something that's not. 100% accurate because guess what? Everybody else is doing that. <laughs> That's right. They're That's getting right. their ideas out there. I think that we have to quit worrying about being perfect because we aren't. 
and, and we never will be. That's yeah. the great thing about being humans. We're flawed. So I would rather uh, recognize intent and effort far more than I would being absolutely correct every time. Well, and another thing about Steve, if you guys haven't connected with Steve, there's maybe two people left that I can think of that aren't connected with Steve. You you are a, a power networker, man. You're a connector. It's funny. The only time I'll get anything like retweeted is when I've been mentioned in a Steve Brown tweet about <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I'm getting, you know, getting crickets. But boy, Steve Brown put your name in one of his tweets and Golly, you got 12 people. How how long, because you're also, you mentioned you're at a chapter meeting, Cincinnati, and you're, are you still on the board of directors for SHRM as well? I am till the end of this year. Wow. All right. So a lot on your plate, but how long have you been involved in sort of the, uh, the governance side of HR where you've been part of the, our body, our. Oh gosh. Since 2000. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I've been a volunteer leader since, uh, the first part of 2000, I started as vice president of the local chapter, and this is going to sound awful, but uh, vice president and then president, and then I became the state conference director and the state council director, then the regional representative, and then I've been on the board. So 20 years straight. That's amazing. I mean, you got to love HR. I I love the people. I I think that's what's really funny. When we talk about associations or affiliations, we get hung up on uh, people, personalities, stuff like that, movements, initiatives. There have been great movements and there have been challenging ones. But to me, all of it is the people. So the chapter is the people I go see. When I went yesterday, we had a ball and I met some new people. Uh, and when I go to a state conference or I get to go to an annual conference or, you know, a board meeting, it's about the people. And uh, I think people have lost sight that Sherm has always been about the people. So you have, I mean, you've been in HR now, how long? (laughs) 35 years. 35 years. So was this always the plan? Yeah. It was always the plan. All right. Cause there's several people like myself that kind of stumbled into HR somehow, but this was your plan. What do you think is the major significant difference from when, when you got in prior to electricity and now? <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Back in the day, uh, the, I think the biggest thing is companies have finally realized that they have to be people first. Uh, and this came out of a crisis, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, it was interesting. In 08, we realized that financially things were awkward and not done well, and there was a lot of turmoil. And it affected us in the States more than anything. We didn't look at it globally. This is the first time in our generation or in several generations that we've had something that has affected us globally. And it's funny. People are like, man, our people matter now. And I I went to our CEO, who's just amazing and wonderful. Uh, I said, hey, we did a great job through the crisis. Isn't this wonderful? He says, yes. I said, wouldn't it be great if we did this all the time? Hmm. He said, yeah, it would. So as a company where I'm at, we are a people-first company. It's not something on the wall. It's what we live. So the biggest change I've seen is those companies that continue to follow the compliance only or the control only or the confine only method of working with their people, my prediction is they won't be relevant within the next five years, if that long. Wow. 
Well, and you look at the options now for employees too. We've got this supply and demand thing going on where employees can, they can go if they don't like it. I think um, physical, mental, emotional health now is at the forefront on everything. So if you're not providing that kind of safety for your employees where they they feel that tangibly, you're going to lose. I think you're absolutely right. And what's really funny, John, is uh, we, we've said always all these catchphrases. We are the worst professional when it comes to catchphrases. You know, bring your entire self to work, ex- <laughs> accept your feelings. You know, <laughs> say what you want, say what's on your mind, accept how you really feel. And the one thing I love, the big takeaway I've learned over the past 15 months is all of the emotions that were hovering under the surface. Now people are like, I don't, I'm not stepping back. Here it comes. It's raw, and it's fo- it's forcing us to be more human. Uh, you know, the whole, again, catchphrase, put the H back in HR. Ugh. Ugh. You know, it's just horrible stuff. But, you know, being genuine as a company, being genuine as a leadership team, addressing situations as they come up with grace. Uh, looking forward, moving on performance, uh, I'm in a really unique situation. Uh, one of the big things that has changed uh, is my boss, unfortunately, passed away three days before Christmas. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, we've been together daily. I mean, I'm not kidding you, daily, either in person or online. We talked constantly, and it's a giant loss. He was with us for 45 years. And uh, he had been the catalyst of pulling my career ahead, allowing me to do all these amazing things, encouraging me to write a book, allowing me to be on the board. I mean, he was just this giant mentor. And uh, I was named chief people officer two weeks before he passed. Oh, man. And so, I mean, that's a crowning achievement for both of you. Yes. Yeah. And what I didn't know is... When that happened and he passed, we had to replace 45 years of institutional knowledge, leadership, empathy, care, connection. And he was that guy that was that guide and light, and he opened the door. And so now we have a company that's willing to reset, change, move forward, not fall back. So there are so many companies who are struggling even to exist or survive. Uh, and part of it is we, we're just not going to have that scarcity mentality we never have. Uh, but we're moving forward. In When I started in HR, mm-hmm. that type of uh, I could be in that role, unheard of. I mean, it's just not possible. So now it's pretty amazing. Well, you, you know, you mentioned something. I, I don't think it's insignificant because I, I've had a conversation about this recently. You said that you talk to him daily. Your CEO now, and you said that's probably been going on for years and years before your chief people officer, obviously, Mm -hmm. man, there is nothing more important than to have communication lines open with your, the senior leaders in your organization, whether it's asking them questions, whether it's giving them updates or whether it's just, you know, taking their pulse, uh, with HR, I mean, you have to be, it's almost like you're, uh, you're like a, a handler. You need to be at their side, you need to be in their head a little bit. Going to somebody every day, people, I don't know, sometimes they are they don't feel like they can do that, but make a note to yourself, folks. If, if you're not in conversations every day with the business people, you're just, you're har- harming yourself and you may be costing your organization some, some of your bright ideas and there's no telling. Absolutely. I think it's funny that 
too many of our peers see senior leadership as this other country. Yeah. How do I get there? Do I have an audience? The old seat at the table crud. Uh. Instead of saying, hey, uh, Kevin's a person. And I'll bet you, as a person, he has the same needs as my frontline cook. Now, it may be a different level, but I'll bet you he has the same frustrations. I bet you he has the same you know, joys. How can I use that? So talk to people as a person. Again, get past the title. Get mm-hmm. past the level. I hear from big companies, John, that say, oh, you know, you don't understand. No, 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 no. Again, props to Jennifer. She shared a tweet from the CHRO of Indeed mm-hmm. who sets up a coffee roulette. So he spins a wheel and then he'll call you and say, let's have coffee. And so he's reaching out as the head of HR for a global organization to have coffee with somebody, regardless of their time zone or where they're at. And it's a great way to model what you expect in others. If we model that we're always behind, if we model that we have to ask permission, if we model that I just can't talk to that person because that's how the organization will view HR forever. Mm, That's good. That's good stuff. Um, I wanted, I hate to shift so drastically, but there's something that we need to talk about, and that is the HR Net newsletter. <laughs> okay. All right. This is your baby. Um, how long have you been doing that? 21 years. You've been doing the HR Net newsletter for 21 years? Yes. Okay. Real Bef- quick before I forget. Before the people, internet. Before the interweb. So, how do people uh, subscribe to that, by the way? The best way is honestly to email me, and I know that's old-fashioned, but if you email me, uh, I can connect you because I want to be conscious of you choosing to be part of the forum, mm-hmm. and there's really no way to opt in. Uh, other than that, there's a link I can send you for people, uh, but if they email me and say, hey, I'd like to be involved, they can get on there, and then once they're on, they can stay as active as they choose. I will put that information in the show notes too, because it, you know, it's a great model. It always makes me crack up too, because you have, there's always a little lava lamp on there. Generally, you've got this obsession with psychedelic colors. You know, either, I don't know if you're a deadhead or a hippie at heart or what you're, you're, is it something around there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just more comfortable being more of a hippie than anything else. (laughs) But the, the art of parody songs every issue where you write lyrics to songs, that's not easy to do. I mean, even if, even if they're, I mean, once, what is it? Once a week, you're doing it once a week, every week. Yeah. Once a week, you're writing lyrics to a song and I don't care. I mean, how short the song is. That's not easy. How, how long you've you been doing that all 21 years too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, well, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm a pretty creative person and I just need, it's in my head and I got to get it out. Uh, this week was Infatuation by Rod Stewart, which just is a great tune, man. And God, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And what's so funny is, uh, and it, it, I don't know if it's normal at all, uh, I see HR in everything. And I don't mean that in a trite way. But if you can make somebody enjoy what we do instead of be, you know, down in the mouth about what we do, a song's easy, man. And uh, I just hear words, you know, infatuation. I heard motivation, compensation, all this kind of stuff. And I go, <laughs> I can write a song. Uh, so it's just, it hits me, man. Well, I think uh, on your August 5th uh, 
edition. It was I Am I Said by Neil Diamond. Yes. So, man, you're not this. This is not like just going to top forty stuff. You're you're digging into some gold here. That was that was awesome. But you do um, what? What always strikes me about the newsletter is you are the model. When I talked about you're the king networker and all that, you were always propping up and calling attention to other people in the HR community. I think that's pretty cool. And uh, I mean, you're promoting other people's blogs, their books. Uh, different organizations. You must have. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how many connections you have, but has was that intentional that you're constantly bringing up others who are in the in the tribe? Uh, yes and no. I, the big thing was uh, we're not good at getting resources or our own personal development as HR professionals. We're always mm. looking out for everybody else. Yeah, and I felt that there was it had to be somebody that would say, "Hey." Since you're so full and since you're so busy, since that's the first thing you're going to tell me, what if I put the resources in your lap instead of telling you to come find them? So for years, I'm like, here you go. Here's a book. Here's a blog. Here's an album to listen to. Right. Uh, here's a podcast to listen to. And the reason is you won't take the time. You have the time, but you won't take the time. So that is one thing. The second thing is I've always strived to be an others-focused person. Uh, I just, it's hard for me to focus on myself. I don't like talking about myself. Uh, I want other people to succeed because other people have helped me succeed. So I just think that it's a great way. It's not a pay-forward thing to me. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, I know a person. In fact, just this morning, I got a note from somebody who works at a large company here in Cincinnati Somebody from Indianapolis is moving here, and they said, you're in HR. You need to know Steve. She's already reached out, and I'm going to talk to her, and she's a senior-level HR person. And I'm going to talk to her later today just to make sure that she's grounded and connected. And I know that if I keep doing that, good people will do good things. Whether I get to see it or not, whether I get to hear it or not, I just believe it's something you should do. That's awesome. And so when you're at these uh, organization meetings, chapter meetings and whatnot, you're meeting uh, HR people at all different levels. What do you hear from HR people as their their biggest concerns or their biggest needs? Uncertainty is still the driving thing. Uncertainty from what's going on in society Hmm. and uh, the pandemic, unfortunately, still. But the mental well-being that you're talking about. There's so many variables going on that people just don't have a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. The challenge is they're waiting for somebody to bring the clarity when they can bring the clarity. The door is still so wide open to say, you know what? This is how we're going to treat people because, and I can be consistent. This is how I'm going to give people flexibility because. Write the narrative yourself instead of waiting for management to decide it because they may decide something that's not consistent or narrow or punitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uncertainty is the biggest thing. And the other part is uh, HR people are just flat freaking worn out. <laughs> I can see that. You know, uh, they, we're one of the few professions. And it's funny. I loved hearing people who were practitioners and now they become consultants and say, oh, HR people do is wine. Well, come on. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I was doing a payroll issue today, a employment issue, a unemployment issue, a benefits issue, a deferred comp issue. An owner is standing right here at my door. <laughs> you know, 
and and that's normal you know yeah. that's a normal thing for those those of us in the field uh, we could do so much better encouraging each other and lifting each other up instead of beating each other up for being full mm. yeah it was uh you know what i enjoyed it it was the the pressure getting all that stuff heaped on us i mean we're having to communicate all this new legislation and you know uh payroll exceptions and you know, I mean, we're sending out things about how to defer your mortgage. We're doing, we're getting to every part of everybody's life. I mean, we're in there, we're in their homes because of zoom and stuff. You're actually talking to people. You can see their, you know, their wife walk in the background or you hear their, <laughs> everybody. I mean, remember it wasn't too long ago when somebody would be mortified if somebody heard a dog bark on their, on their conference call. Oh yeah. 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 Now it's like, ah, yeah. Y'all know Chester, you know, it's just every day. <laughs> You know, the other business that thrived from the pandemic had to be leaf blowers because they're constantly going to in this neighborhood. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. People <laughs> did more homework, work around their house than anything this, during oh, this time. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Well, you've, uh, I know that you've helped me personally. A lot of the connections that you've sent through and I've communicated with people I wouldn't have normally been connected to. I think that's fantastic. And you're, you are, you know, they, I think it was, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Gladwell, he would identify certain people as connectors. You are that, you are that guy. I mean, you just kind of explained how you do it. Somebody contacts you, you reach out to that other person, they come get you and off you go with this relationship. I try to do that myself. I'm not as good at it as I'd like to be because I'm probably a little more introverted than you, Steve. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a little introverted just a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know you're a music nut, so I hate to put you on the spot here, but what are five bands you think that everybody needs to listen to before they die? All right. Uh, the Beatles. Of course. Uh, you too. Mm. Wow. Five. Um, the Clash. Nice. I'll throw in the Grateful Dead. Nice. Because I, I just think they're, you know, man, you can just sit and mellow out. It's really nice. And then something more current. Ben Folds. Ben Folds. Wow. I have the Ben Folds 5. Didn't it used to be the Ben Folds 5? Ben Folds 5, and then he's got a lot of solo stuff. Uh, we do a thing, a group of us on, uh, uh, I mean, I'm in too many of these things. But we do Ben Folds Friday. And we'll list a Ben Fold song. And then we do Rush Saturday for a Rush song. And then there's Metallica Monday for the Metalheads. You know, it's just fun. That's funny, man. All right. So the only, see, none of these are big surprises except for Ben Folds because he's a little bit more obscure. I mean, Beatles are absolutely, everybody has to listen to that. Actually, both my kids are really into the Beatles now. It's great. I love it. Grateful Dead. I, I hate to tell you this, Steve, but they're not mellowing out when they're listening to it. Yeah, I know. I know what's I know what's going on. But you know the whole thing of when you hear me, so and when it's legal in the workplace, I said, you're just acknowledging it in the workplace. So come on. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. It's, uh, who are we fooling here? Yeah, that let me that's gonna you're in Ohio. What's the uh what are the the marijuana rules in Ohio? Uh medical only. Medical medical uh, only. I think they're pushing for recreational. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of legislation up on the Hill to make it 
recreational. And what's going to happen, it's, it's not a, you know, they won't talk about the wellness side of things. They won't talk about the uh, dark side of things, too, that could lead to things. Uh, it's a revenue issue. Mm. And and so they're clouding it. Well, you know, what's going to hurt? It's like, nah, the money's too big. So we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised in our lifetime to see it be recreational nationally. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun time to be in HR because, mm-hmm. wow, that'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, it'd be funny. We're gonna all gonna have to go for like a week to Colorado to to learn how they they've pulled it off. <laughs> they have. How you do they that. have. Uh, lessons to some of the younger people in HR or people who are young in their HR career it doesn't necessarily have to be chronological age. About uh, you know, here's Steve's secrets to getting ahead, or you know what, not even getting ahead because that's that's not the ultimate goal. Steve's tips on being the best HR professional you can be. I think there's three things. The first one is have a network intentionally all the time, not to find a job. Because I Mm. think networking is a business skill. It's not a job seeking skill. It helps you when you're job seeking. There's just no doubt about it. It's proven decade over decade over decade. So there's value that, but that shouldn't be the lead. The lead is, how, can, how am I connected to peers so that I can do my job better, make my company better, and move the company forward? That's why you network. And too many people are in HR departments of one, two, three. You can't do it all. Yeah. So why not have a network of peers that can help you or get connected to resources that can help you? It just It's, it's mind-blowing to me how much of our profession is still very isolated. Hmm. Uh, the second thing is uh, work on all you can to be integrated throughout your organization. If they're saying that people go to HR, that tells you where you're positioned in the company. Hmm. So it should be HR is in with you. HR is in front of you. HR is beside you. HR is supporting you. HR is correcting you, whatever that is. But if I have to go to HR, you're not part of the company. Wow. Do you do a lot of, uh, do you kind of put feet in the building, walking around and visible yeah. Visibility is huge. Uh, and then the, the third part is uh, be empathetic and meet people where they are. Uh, I am very fortunate. The place I'm in that you mentioned, La Rosa's, it'll be 15 years this year. Quick story. Yeah. When I first came, people said, oh, you're going into restaurants? Restaurants are the worst. My HR peers, you're going to hate this. This is the worst place ever. And I'm like, yay. Thanks for thanks. the support. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Now, 15 years later, people are saying, how do I get in restaurants? How can I do that? It's not restaurants. It's great HR done with people and through people. It has nothing to do with the industry. Nothing. Now, fortunately, I work in a place that allows that and expects that. But I meet 16-year-olds who are starting their first job and don't know what that means and you know look like a deer lost in the headlights. Yeah. I, I have 80-year-olds that work and want to continue to work because they want to be able to be productive. I have people with high levels of education, no levels of education, economically different, diverse in every way possible that you can think of. And you can't come across as a function. You have to come across as a person. Wow. So I, so I value people for who they are, where they are. Now, how many stores do you guys have? Total as a chain, we have 65. Uh, I work with 11 of them directly are under our control. Right. Uh, the rest are franchises. Franchise, yeah. Uh, and 
when you started there, how big were you guys? The same. Same? Uh, okay. we, we've added a few and closed a few, so we've hovered right at the place, same place. Now, um, do you have a third book in you? I think I do. Oh, you do? I think I do. I never thought I'd write one, John. Uh, <laughs> when, when I got done with one, it, I was just like, wow, it happened. And uh, I've been very fortunate. It's gone through the roof. I get notes not as regularly now, but when it first came out, I mean, I had notes from all around the world. I had a person from Ghana said, I, I was losing sight of HR and I read your book and now I want to get back in the field. And I went, what? Ghana? <laughs> what? The, okay, great. Uh, so the second one, the pandemic kind of squelched it a little bit, but honestly, it's it's done well too. And I was able to write about leadership. And now that I'm in this newer role, uh, let me tell you, things have changed. Uh, uh, as an executive, I've been an executive, but now with a big C in front of my name, uh, there's a group of us that meet, and in the room, the two owners will say, so is the, this one in the next book? Is this what we're doing? Is this going to be in your next book? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And they go, yeah, well, if it is, we want credit. I'm like, you got it. No problem. It. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a... Uh, I, I think there's something there. I have not that I want to write the trilogy, but I'm kind of like a Tolkien guy. Yeah, I'd like to have that third book, uh, not to end, just to get people encouraged even more. Well, I also think you need to collect all the songs you've written, and that's a separate book in itself. I, I have them all, and uh, uh, um, my son, whose birthday it is today, by the way, twenty four. Hey, happy great. birthday. Uh, he says, dad, you're on Spotify. I go, yeah, he says, you should start your own channel. I go, what? <laughs> so every, every song I've parodied is out there. I have the HRNet channel and it's got 500 plus songs on it or something. HRNet channel on Spotify or yeah. on YouTube? Yeah. Spotify. All right. So we'll have to look up that too. Are you on YouTube? No. HRNet no. on Spotify. Yeah, HRNet songs. Let's see what it says here. 596 songs for 40 hours and three minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. <laughs> that is pretty good. So now I have, I'll have three podcasts saved, or three channels saved. They'll be mine, Joe Rogan's, and yours. All on Spotify. There we go. I'll be background music for you. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, uh... Anything, what's top of your list right now that is between now and the end of the year you want to tackle? We're going through a reset. And it's funny, uh, we came up with this a long time ago. Our CEO, uh, Michael, when Kevin passed, he said, I don't want to return. I want to reset. Hmm. And so we are taking a giant step forward in doing succession planning on the run. Uh, we're realigning and redefining roles. We're working from a strengths-based perspective hmm. and not a gaps-based view. Uh, we are really moving forward, and they're allowing me to help guide that along with them. It's not a your task, my task. So uh, we're going to reshape an entire company in order for it to perform even better than it has been. And it's just an incredible adventure every day. So that's kind of cool. Sounds like you're working with a leader that's got a shared vision for the people part that you do as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you kind of get in front of that curve, the succession plan. That, that's fantastic. 
doing a deep dive. He, he was at our franchise meeting and we got to meet with our owners and our GMs. And I'm telling you, man, that makes my day when you get to meet all the people that are doing the work in the field. It's just, it's, it's reassuring. It warms your heart. But when Michael closed the session, I mean, he closed and talked about, we have to care for our people. And he got teary mm. and it was genuine. And I'm like, who, who gets to work for a company like this? It's, it's just the best. Well, you're, helping build the company that you uh, that you work for now. So you're reaping some of the benefits of what you've created, Steve-O. Well, thank you. That's very nice. All right. So start writing down your your thoughts on, on third book. You have a draft already started? No, no. Uh, I will tell you, it was funny. The first book uh, took me a year and a half to write. Yeah. The second one took me a month and a half to write. Oh, man. So... I just got to sit down. If I'm bored at home and don't want to watch another Netflix thing, I think I'll start writing. That's pretty awesome. Uh, sometime we're going to have to have a sidebar of, okay, what got you over the hump to finally start writing that thing? Because you know, there's everybody thinks they've got a book in them. And then you start, and you're like, I don't even know where to, I don't even know how to get started in this whole process. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. I'll, I'll cheat off of what you've done. That's fair. Yeah. I'm good. Steal away, <laughs> man. That's cool. Well, brother, it is a Friday, and Fridays are the best days. Um, I want you to have a great weekend, great uh, rest of this month. While we're still dealing with craziness with the pandemic, kind of up and down and all that, you, your attitude is always the one that, that makes me smile whenever I, I get a message or, or see you on any of the social channels. You should be how you should be an inspiration to all of us when we get down. That, that kind of positive attitude goes through well, all, the, all the chaff. <laughs> the chaff. I like that. Yeah. Break can... break through the chaff. There's a chapter right there, man. <laughs> right there. Yeah, I'm right There's that a down. book chapter for you right there. Breaking through the chaff. Break through the chaff. All right, my friend. Thank you for coming on and for giving us a little bit of the wisdom for uh, the audience. I know that some of the HR people who I am connected with are early in their career and they ask me questions. And quite honestly, I don't. I mean, I don't know uh, what to tell them all the time. And I think the best thing they can do is, like you said, network intentionally. Uh, network. I, I always accept those connection requests from people who are young in their HR career. And mm-hmm. I think those, that's a great way to go about it. Ask questions. Meet people. Absolutely. Be connected. And they can, we can find Steve Brown with an E, Steve Brownie, uh, on LinkedIn. You can find him on Twitter. You can sign up. I'll put the links to the HR Net newsletter. And of course, you can find his books are on Amazon, HR On Purpose and HR Rising. Both of these books are available. Uh, I read the first one. I have not read HR Rising yet, so I'm going to need to, I'm going to have to do that next. Maybe you can sign a copy when we finally uh, get a chance oh, to see each other. I would be, I would be touched. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, happy birthday to your son. Have a great weekend to the Brown family, and we will connect again soon. All right, John. Thanks very much. All right, buddy. Bye.